Hey, welcome to Stirring Faith with Cherry Strange. Thank you for joining me today. Stirring Faith aims to lead women to desire more of God in their everyday life, making Him evident and desirable to others. Now, let's get started. Hey, welcome to the podcast. I hope this finds you well. If you had the opportunity to tune in last week and listen to that broadcast, you will have heard five powerful prayers for your daughter or someone who kind of would fit under that sphere of influence in spiritual nature or some other way. And today what I want to do is take that counterpart and focus on the males and do five powerful prayers for your son or somebody that you would consider being sort of under your guidance and under your sphere of influence on that side. I hope that you would find these broadcasts really helpful as I found it super helpful. And so if you haven't caught that broadcast, you can still find it on iTunes or the website, however you want to get your podcast, and it's still available. Over the past couple of years, I've leaned more heavily on this topic of prayer, and personally, I've found it to be a more focused arena because I've been relying more heavily on scripture and not just my own list or any other method that I've tried before. This move has honestly revolutionized my prayers and it's caused me to be much more intentional and much more productive with what I'm doing. And what I hope to do is simply pass this business of focused intentional prayer along so that we can together make a greater impact on kingdom purposes so that you'll be able to see the results in your everyday life and what God is doing in the midst of what you're praying for and what you're doing. So let's get on to the business of the day looking at five powerful prayers for your son. Powerful prayer number one is to love God's word. One that struck me immediately in terms of uh, scriptures comes from Psalm 119.9. How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. Over and over, David asked God to keep him focused on the word of God so that he could live it out. And Jesus himself is quoted as saying, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And this focus doesn't really change as we enter into that New Testament season after the resurrection of Jesus. We find in 2 Timothy 3, and from childhood you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Jesus Christ. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. And that's verses 15 through 17. The Word of God is so instructive, absolutely necessary, but most of us don't know it because we haven't spent enough time in it to develop the relationship with Jesus that runs deeply enough to love it. It's not loving the Bible for the Bible's sake. It's a means to the end. David did not know Jesus, but he had a love for God and his word that God takes note of. And in these verses, these verses tell that relationship so beautifully. And this also is from Psalm 119, but just a few verses later than what we read earlier. Let your steadfast love come to me, O Lord, your salvation according to your promise. Then shall I have an answer for him who taunts me, for I trust in your word. And take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for my hope is in your rules. 
I keep your law continually forever and ever, and I shall walk in a wide place, for I have sought your precepts. I will also speak of your testimonies before kings, and I shall not be put to shame, for I find delight in your commands, which I love. I will lift up my hands toward your commands, which I love. I will meditate on your statutes. Do you hear just the relationship that he has and this tenderness that he has toward what God has said in his word? And then it turns, he says, Remember your word to your servant, in which you have made me hope. This is my comfort in my affliction, that your promises give me life. When I think of your rules from old, I take comfort, O Lord. Your statutes have been my songs in the house of my sojourning. The blessing has fallen to me that I have kept your precept. So what I want is to pray that my sons grow to love the Word of God, just like David is depicting right here, and all it represents as an extension of their love for the Savior, so that when they read it, just like David is talking about him reading it, their spirit says yes more and more as they grow. That's what we're going to be praying for, that their love for the Word of God just grows and that they have that because it will be an extension of their love for the Lord. Powerful prayer number two is wholehearted trust. Is there anyone in your life sort of lurking around correcting you a lot? I have I have some of that going on. <laughs> for instance, maybe you said there were three biscuits left and anyone could have one, but in fact, maybe there were 3.5 and someone has to point that out to you. Or maybe you were in a group and you wanted to notify the person trying to decide when to take their family picture. They're sort of waiting for you all to cross and just how long the wait's going to be. And maybe I'm going to lean back and say, okay, we still got a couple of people coming and maybe there were actually three. Somebody's got to point that out to me. Or maybe you said it was three o'clock when actually it was 3.07. Anybody have anybody like that in your life? Maybe I'm the only one who lives with people like this. Well, not only is this annoying and at times disrespectful, depending on the situation, the habit points to a greater heart issue. The child links heavily on their own understanding because they clearly are smarter than the average bear and they need everyone to know that. The Bible speaks to this issue and I'm thankful because it helps me know how to pray. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him and He will make your path straight. And that's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It's probably very familiar to you. Instead of being annoyed, what I need to do is recognize the deeper issue and ask God to give my child a heart that is holy and completely leaning on Him. My kid might be super smart and they might be able to outreason or think through myriad solutions, but arrogance is foolish and the Bible tells us this over and over again and it makes a path crooked instead of straight. And that plan is never going to work thinking that you know everything. But when a person learns early in life to trust in the Lord that He holds all wisdom, that we are not nearly as smart as God, and that He can be trusted, that will chart a trajectory for life and eternity that cannot be thwarted. So the best thing I can do in this situation is not be annoyed, but to pray earnestly for God to transform their heart, to trust in Him, to have that wholehearted trust that He is able to be leaned upon and relied upon. Powerful prayer number three is to be courageous and strong. We live in a time in a society when strength and courage in boys is not encouraged necessarily. And God doesn't single males out in this area, but often we see 
him directly calling men to courage and strength. In Deuteronomy 31 6 we have so be strong and courageous do not be afraid and do not panic before them before the enemy he's talking about for the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you he will neither fail you nor abandon you. I love the wording of this version this is in the New Living Translation because so often I am concerned about failure here God confirms his commitment regardless of our ability He will not fail his child, trusting in him for courage and for strength. And these are qualities that we need to pour into our children. You and I need to encourage them to grow into godly men who demonstrate these attributes, that they are robust, honorable, stout-hearted qualities worthy of possessing. And we pray for God to develop these attributes in them, that he cause each one to find his strength and confidence in God, that as he grows, God shows himself as the one who provides what he needs, when he needs it, and that he's not self-sufficient. Above all, I pray that each one will come to know by experience that God has their back, that he will not, will not fail them, no matter what comes. Now for this, he will require testing. You can't live on easy street and learn by experience that God has your back, but it's essential for life. More than anything, I want my son's faith to be real, to be rooted, to be immovable when no one else is around. For that, I pray for his courage and strength and that God will do what he's got to do to to implant it in him. So we pray for courage and strength. Powerful prayer number four is to watch out. Our job as parents is well depicted in Psalm 27. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. If we held on to this picture for a moment of the child being represented by the arrow, it is the role of a parent to take each one and sort of aim it toward the target. The purpose being to get it as close to the bullseye as possible. That means the parent needs to practice to hone in their skills in order to aim well and know what the target really is and know how to best aim arrows. That's where we find ourselves on speed dial to Jesus. It's why talking about how to best pray for our children is important. We want to aim well, but we want them to land on the bullseye, on the mark. Praying for wisdom beyond their years is something I pray regularly. Specifically, we can look for Matthew 6, where it says, Watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. Now, this is Jesus talking to his disciples. Watch out is what he's calling them to do. Yes, I'm going to pray for my sons to do just that. What I notice about this entire chapter is how instructive it is. Some might even find it a little dogmatic from a parenting perspective and an educational one. If you're trying to aim, not at a side of a room or a side of a barn, but a target with a specific dot in mind, your instructions can't be helter-skelter. They can't be loosey-goosey. can't be the kind of thing where everybody gets the trophy just for showing up. Sort of nonsense. Instead, it's directive by Jesus himself. When you pray, he continues, don't be like the hypocrites. When you pray, 
Don't babble on and go on as the Gentiles do. Don't be like them. That's very directive. And when you fast, he continues, don't make it obvious. Is there a goal? Yes, he's got some goals here. Then give pointed instructions so that child can aim correctly. Will they get it out of the bow the first try? Well, not likely. I've taken my twins target practicing with arrows. (laughs) No. (laughs) It's spiritually given and it's going to take some practice. It's sort of a both and ordeal. James writes along the same lines in his first chapter. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given him. Both Matthew and James give us ample materials with which to focus our prayers for our boys toward gaining a heart of wisdom. God is faithful and he will do it, but we want to be faithful to ask him on their behalf for it so that we can help them hit that bullseye. And powerful prayer number five is that they would be kingdom seekers. If we were to continue in Matthew, in the same chapter, we would encounter another point that Jesus was making about discipleship that is imperative for our son's true joy. Again, Jesus left no wiggle room, and it's somewhat dogmatic when we read it. But the purpose is to aim us for what will bring us life. Jesus is always after our best, and therefore, he offers this directive. Don't store up treasures here on earth. And then he gives a reason for it right after that, because he knows our natural tendency is to ask, why not? And the inferred response is, because wherever your treasure is, there the desire of your heart will also be. And then he adds right after that, seek the kingdom of God above all else, and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. That's Matthew 6:33. Little boys grow up to be kingdom builders. This trait has gone on for millennia, but left to itself will become a selfish pursuit. Personal kingdoms are wrought with worry, self-consumption, personal gratification, and nothing glorifying to the Father. A person can do a lot of good, even, building their own kingdom, and still completely waste their life in terms of the scales of eternity. Not on my watch, and I pray, not on yours. You and I can make a difference in the trajectory of the next generation. Here, today, we have the power and the privilege to aim those hearts and point those desires toward heavenly, God-centered pursuits. Then we pray. We pray our guts out. We pray He treasures Jesus above all things. We pray that they are mighty men of God right here, right now. We ask for help to demonstrate before him how fulfilling seeking kingdom purposes can be, how giving your life to it is worth it. And if we don't yet know that, you and I, it's time that we ask for it for ourselves. Lord, aim our sons toward becoming kingdom seekers all the days of their lives. That is what we pray. Five powerful prayers. It's really not enough for the job that we have to do, but it is what we have time for today. What I want to do is just remind you that we've had two reading plans that have released on YouVersion recently. The latest one is called Three Things to Remember When You Feel Defeated. You can find that right now on YouVersion. It's a three-day plan. And the other one is She Prays, Prayer for Battling Fear. You can find both of those right now. Just look up Cherry Strange. That's the easiest way to do it on the free app, version. I will be with you again next week. 
as we're about to close out the month of July and enter August. I can't wait to be with you again next week. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Stirring Faith Podcast. We plan to release a new episode once a week, and I would invite you to become a subscriber because it makes it so much easier. Please remember to rate, review, and share the podcast. You may never know the difference that you can make by just making a recommendation and sharing a resource. So please pass along what you find here. Don't keep it to yourself. It's so easy to do. Post it from Spotify into your stories. I would personally be grateful. And remember, there is more truth-saturated, gospel-centered, spiritually insightful resources at your fingertips. Just go to www.sheyearns.com where you're going to find more reading plans, videos, articles, and other resources, more than there's ever been before, to help stir more desire for God into your everyday life. I'm Terry Strange, and it is always a pleasure to meet you here.